Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. Hey, this is Tommy with Ops Analytica, and I want to tell you about a couple of new features that we've added to our restaurant checklist app. Uh, the first one is our taskless scheduler, takes the guesswork out of running your restaurant, lays out exactly a schedule for each day, what's due and when. And then we're also really excited to announce our new alerting system. So be alerted uh, in real time when you have checklists that have been turned in late or critical violations in your restaurants that you need to follow up with. Take those features, add them to already the best restaurant checklist app on the market today. Add in our managed service offering where we'll help you admin the portal as a part of your monthly license fees, and we have a winner. So check us out at opsanalytica.com. That's O-P-S-A-N-A-L-I-T-I-C-A.com or search Restaurant Checklist app. Hey, Order Up Show. It's uh, Tommy Yanolis here with another episode for you, and I am super excited to be interviewing uh, a close personal friend of mine, but also a uh, restaurateur as well, uh, Allison Housley, and she is one of the owners of a restaurant called Sputnik here in Denver. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> so uh, Allison and I have known each other since high school. So there's a theme in this show, which is that I tap on a lot of my friends to come do these interviews. And Allison's got one of the coolest sort of like, uh, I'm going to call it a hipster bar, but you'll, you'll correct me on that. But she, her bar has been super popular for years with the younger people. And so therefore, <laughs> I thought she'd be an interesting <laughs> podcast guest. So Allison, yes. we do the same five questions every podcast. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so question number one, explain what you do today and then take us through your career progression from your first job in the industry to how you kind of got here. Okay, um, I've, been, I've been the co-owner of Sputnik for 14 years. Um, I think my first uh, restaurant job was at the Pizza Hut in Mount Airy, nice. uh, waiting tables in <laughs> high school and in summers in college, um, and didn't spend a whole lot of time in the restaurant industry, to be honest. Um, I got a, went to Virginia Tech, got a degree in environmental science, uh, moved to New York, uh, worked in the publishing industry, actually, um, for the Princeton Review and later for the New York Times. Um, got pregnant a couple times and that's what brought me out to denver um my ex-husband and current business partner uh matt is from here grew up here um and it was just time for us to get out of the city um so when we moved to denver uh there wasn't that much going on in the restaurant and bar scene um so we we what we wanted to do is take some of the the concepts from bars that we really loved, uh, mostly in Brooklyn and Lower East Side. And we moved back here in 2000, so this is a while ago. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more going on in Denver now. But at the time, we felt like there was a sort of gap um, and a, a void that could be filled. Um, and we actually, when we, once we got here, we took a trip back to Brooklyn to really study what it was about those bars um, that we liked so much. And um, there were a few things, the, the two main things that stood out were um, that there were no TVs. Mm. And again, at the time in Denver, I think there was maybe one other bar, the Thin Man, um, that didn't have a television in it. And also back then people had jukeboxes and oh, sure. the selection, we felt like the selection of music in the jukebox was really important to reaching that sort of core customer that you were after. Sure. Um, so yeah, so we there was a, a small music venue for sale, Quixote's. It was a, a hippie place. Hmm. Um, and so we bought that and uh, we actually split it up. Um, 
into two different um, operations, one called High Dive, one called Sputnik. So High Dive was the music venue side. And what we were trying to do was having, you know, because when, when people would go out, um, they would go get a drink um, before they went to the show. So we were trying to own the bar that people went to before the show uh-huh. and own the venue. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. And then, so you, you've owned those restaurants, but then do you still own both of them? No. So what (laughs) it turns out, so the restaurant industry is sort of, uh, like notorious for being like a really difficult industry with very low margins, which is all true. And, um, one industry that's even worse is music venues. Mm -hmm. So we decided to, um, we, we thought when we, and we didn't really know what we were doing when we opened, but we thought that the music venue, um, was going to be sort of the the main profitable part of that. Um, and it turns out that it wasn't, that it was the restaurant sure. and bar next door. So we basically, we sold the, the portion that wasn't profitable. We had to split up the liquor licenses. Um, we ended up selling to, we had several interested parties. We uh, ended up selling to two of our managers who nice. formed their own company and they still own it today. Um, so that worked out great. And so now we're we're just at Sputnik, the restaurant so, and bar. So I have two questions for you. Yeah. Uh, the first question is, those two managers, did they do an earn out or did they have the cash to actually purchase the venue from you outright? They put down a down payment and then we did owner carry. Okay, so explain that. Um, an owner carry, so basically it's impossible, uh, well, next to impossible, especially if you're first starting out to get a bank loan. Um, to buy a restaurant or a bar because they uh, <laughs> usually don't last very long and so banks don't want to finance them. So you basically, if you're selling your um, bar and your restaurant to someone, you almost act as a bank. Okay, cool. So then they were able to pay it off through operations. They paid off, yeah, through operations. And, and they had to gather up a down payment sure. um, just like you would, you would do with a bank loan. And so they took on some investors. Um, and they, I think we had a five-year loan and they paid it off in two. Oh, wow. Good yeah. for them. So they're completely so independent They're doing right now. well. We, um, you know, no longer have that part of the business that was the most time-consuming, the least profitable Um, so it's worked out, I think for everyone. Do they use your kitchen or anything like that? No. Um, the kitchen is just for Sputnik. Okay, cool. So then my other question is you work with your ex-husband. How does that go? (laughs) It actually is surprisingly all right. So, um, yeah, we got divorced and we got divorced like basically right before we were about to pay off our major loan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course we thought, well, what you're supposed to do is just sell and then split up the assets. But then we thought, well, maybe, what if we don't? Because it was about, we were about to actually be able to make a living after living off of our credit cards for um, four years. And so we decided to try it and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. And you have kids too. So you're obviously sharing kids kids, together. So so it's not, you know, you were going to see each other anyways. It wasn't like you were just going to get away from each other. All right, cool. So then, and this is where I'm going to go off my normal beaten path here. So one of the things that I I was really wanted to talk to you about today was that you kind of have, well, it was originally a hipster bar. It was a skinny jean bar. And uh, I think it still probably is a pretty skinny jean bar. If we were to go eat lunch there right now, we would go see some skinny jean people in there for sure. But, uh, and not saying that in a bad way, but like you guys kind of attract like a younger crowd, right? And so I'm curious how you're doing that because that's something that's vexing a lot of the industry right now in the respect of, like there was a statistics that came out last month around how customer service, people were thinking the restaurants are doing better 
that was up 10%, but then loyalty, especially around between amongst millennials is down 6%. So it's like, we're doing everything we're supposed to do. or been taught that we are supposed to do yet. We can't get these guys to come back. And you guys like you haven't done any major renovations. There's not, I mean, you have the menu, but it's, it's kind of the same bar it was 14 years ago. How Just is it about, working? Um, I think part of it is that Denver was very different back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, at the time, I don't think quite so much anymore, but we were a really different place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we also had the music venue next door. And so we, you know, it was our, always our goal to sort of cater to artists and musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened pretty much from day one. Um, and a lot of that, you know, was, I don't know, we, we had a lot of local bands that would hang out there. Um, and the neighborhood and the de- the city in general has changed a lot. Um, the neighborhood has gentrified a lot, um, which is both good and bad. Um, when we started, you know, half the storefronts on Broadway were vacant. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, you know, there's a lot more people on the streets, a lot more businesses open, but rents are rising, which is hurting a lot of people. Um, it hasn't hurt us yet. Sure. Uh, but it may someday. Um, so it's it's a bit of a trade-off. So one thing we've, you know, as the neighborhood is gentrified, one thing we try to do with our menu, um, both with food and drink, is that we always want to have a very inexpensive option available. So, you know, you can get a $3 corn dog and a $3 PBR. It's even less at happy hour. And we've changed our menu so that there are some pricier items on there. Um, you can also get a Lyle's whiskey or a, yeah. you know, a... a a more expensive sandwich, but we'll, we always try to have some very, very inexpensive options on the menu. Oh, cool, cool. And that way for the people who, you know, for the college students or the artists and the musicians who may not make a lot of money, but they do go out a lot. There's something they can have a great night out and not spend a whole lot of money. Okay, cool. So let's move on to our second question. What is a big project or initiative that you guys are working on right now? Um, I don't know if we have, (laughs) we, it's kind of true that we haven't changed a whole lot, um, in the past 14 years. Um, yeah. But it it actually takes like when something's working, it takes a lot of discipline to not change too. Right. Because there's been a lot of trends, like you could have been a fajita bar. Well, we've kind of always kept to that, that sort of core principle of like, you know, trying to appeal to that sort of core artist and musician, you Mm -hmm. know, who's around Broadway and they're going to people, be people who come in, um, to follow that or to be around that, but we haven't changed who we are trying to appeal to. Okay. Like in all this time. Cool. What is the one thing in the industry or your business that's keeping you up at night? <laughs> um, probably the number one thing that comes, keeps me up at night is just like fear of a fire or something or nice. uh, some terrible accident. Um, and, you know, it's tough. Uh, we have it pretty easy right now. And so I do sort of fear that somehow ending, yeah, knock on wood, <laughs> um, somehow ending. Um, we just have been very lucky sure. to... Um, and then, you know, just the, the cost of everything goes up all the time. And it's always a debate of like, how much can we raise our prices without, um, putting off customers, um, and being able to pay our staff. It's just always like this, I don't know, fine line to walk. 
Sure. Why don't you explain how you're, how you and, and Matt share the job? Um, we don't do a whole lot anymore. <laughs> we, yeah, we worked um, just, I don't even know how many hours for probably the first five years. Um, got a divorce, uh, went through the 2008 recession, which was pretty tough. Um, and then I'd say maybe it wasn't until like probably seven years after we started until we actually made an okay living. Sure. <laughs> and then... Um, Started, you know, sort of handing off more and more responsibilities, um, then sold the high dive. Then uh, finally, about two and a half years ago, got a general manager who is still there today and is wonderful and makes it so that uh, we're not, you know, uh, worrying and staying up late at night all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So we basically fill in just, you know, uh, a few days here and there so he's not working seven days a week. But <laughs> he, he, pr he really does, like, handle all... That's all awesome. the problems that come with restaurants. <laughs> we don't get the, the middle of the night calls. He does. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, I, uh, you know, I'll pop in there and have a cup of tea for an hour and a half, um, like three times a week. But Watch what's going on. Yeah. That's cool. Or to answer questions, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, he, he takes care of everything, which that, is great. That's amazing. But then there's also the fear, like, oh, what if he quits? Or yeah. <laughs> he's going to do something else with his life at some point. So. Yeah. You get sucked back it in. It would be tough for us to go back now. <laughs> nice. Um, what is the one thing you thought the industry would be doing right now that it isn't? Um, one one thing that I'm kind of surprised by but seems to be the trend is just fast casual um, mm -hmm. where you're eliminating servers. Um, from a business perspective, it certainly makes a lot of sense because you're basically having the customer do the work of uh, a server. Um but I do worry about like if those are going to be the if that's where the restaurant industry is going. Sure. Um, because you know I do get concerned about independent operators being pushed out by uh, higher rents in gentrifying areas, and it seems like the places that go in are yeah, fancy. the the fast casual chains, oh. um, and uh, the the labor differences between front of house and back of house are always are seem to be almost getting worse. Sure. Um, and I feel like that's something that's got to change, but I feel like it's almost like every restaurant has to change at the same time. Sure. Cause there have been a few that have tried it and I, um, to the best of my knowledge, you would know more than I would. It hasn't gone all that well. Nah. Um, but yeah, it's really, really tough to, um, to keep back a house. Yeah. And the problem obviously is like, you know, someone's the expensive places at the steakhouses, they can just keep raising, they, they already have a, a large margin on what they're doing. Granted, a lot of times they have bigger restaurants and a higher rent and all that other it's stuff. It's a different set of problems, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah, it's tough. And that's that's one that a lot of people have brought up is just the difference between um, back of the house is there's a shortage of cooks because nobody wants to be a cook. And also too, the problem is we have a marijuana industry in Colorado. We have a housing boom going on in Colorado. So a lot of the guys that would be cooking could be roofing right now or whatever, right? So like there's a lot of other industries that are pulling them. And we had heard up in like some of the oil towns, like up in Wyoming, that McDonald's was paying $22 an hour because everybody was working for Halliburton up on the oil fields. And then the question becomes like, how much are you willing to pay if you're a Big Mac? Yeah. Because in general, our prices tend to be on the lower end. Um, and so if you're suddenly needing to pay $22 an hour, how yeah. much can you charge and have people still come in? And it's a really interesting question for our country because we're used to cheap food. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
And it, you're right. He, everybody who tries to go it alone, they're going to get nailed. It almost has to be the government has to force something so that everybody's on a so on a date everybody goes onto the same level yeah. playing field. Yeah, all like Americans stop tipping on the same day. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Well, the guy in New York who owns... Which would make the front of the house very unhappy, of course. Oh, I know. Well, because you can make a ton of money. I'm very big on not getting rid of tipping. Because I used to make a ton of money waiting tables. Of course. So, and it's understandable that they would hate that. But there's yeah. there's such a discrepancy between what the back of the house earns and the front of the house via tips. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, I don't know what the answer or solution is, but it's definitely an issue. But if you, you can't go it alone. You're right. You have to... Yeah. The city's got to go in a direction. Like, they did that in Seattle, and I'm... They did some stupid stuff in Seattle, but like at least if you were in Seattle proper, you were all on the same playing field. But no, actually, that's not true. They they ended up screwing franchisees in Seattle more than they did normal independents. So like in Seattle proper, you would have probably been fine, but a franchisee would have been considered a part of a national chain, and oh, therefore okay. no they had rules. to play. Yeah, so they actually did a, they botched that job. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay so here's uh our last question is recount the funny it's kind of really funny or horrible like managing a restaurant story oh gosh which one do you want there's lots of like late night antics that go on so we we um we do most of our business past 10 p.m mm-hmm. uh, which that goes back to the other question that was another thing that we did that was a little bit different when we first opened is that we kept our kitchen open until 2 a.m oh nice um which was unusual at the time, and I think did attract a younger crowd because people still want food, um, you know, after the show is over. Sure. And there wasn't a whole lot of that at the time. I think there's more now. Um, so let's see. Um, late night antics, just yeah, drunk people doing dumb stuff. Usually, um, we had to explain when we were renovating our bathrooms. We had to explain to our contractor that um, uh, for handicapped access, you can't have legs under the sink. We had yeah. to explained to him that people were going to have sex on the sink late at night and we <laughs> we know this is going to happen we just have to plan for it so he was pretty shocked um as far as horrible <laughs> just stuff like that and which is you know just one example and then as far as horrible things going we had a um I, the landlords finally uh fixed it but we had um some sewage problems in the basement um that didn't affect customers but we have um had a couple nights and our gm was there for for one of the nights um he's been there for almost 10 years so this wow. did get fixed eventually but uh uh yeah sewage raining down on you in the middle of the night oh uh-huh. god okay there you go <laughs> well thank you so much it was for- all in the basement these are like you know below ground <laughs> lines but yeah lots of fun stuff like that that's awesome do you have anything you want to plug like you want to tell people how to go to check out sputnik online or anything uh it's sputnikdenver.com we're at broadway and ellsworth um yeah, come check it out. Yeah, if you're visiting town or you live here, go check out Sputnik if you've ever been. And thank you. Oh, Al. you know oh. what? Can I add one thing? Yeah, of course. Okay, we also, um, we serve meat, but we also have very good ve- vegetarian and vegan food, um, which is also something that wasn't around a whole lot back in the day. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you, Allison, for being on the show. And guys, we're like I said, uh, we're getting going again and we're going to be doing a lot of interviews. So just please keep tuning in and we really appreciate you. And thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.